Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. Come on, Megan, I'm Bastard's quiz master. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I, I had heard about it. I had heard about it. And me being the super Bowls man I am, I brought a Bowls jersey with me and gave it to him. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB GAA. The Football Pod on Off the Ball. In partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 32 of The Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Lads, we've barely settled on the fact that Limerick have just won their fourth All-Ireland Senior Hurling title in a row and attention turns immediately to next Sunday in less than six days time. Unless there's a replay, we'll know where Sam is spending its winter. Is it replayed in the no penos? No, no, the finals. The All Ireland final. It can go to extra time, but if it's a draw after extra time, we'll have a replay on the 12th, Saturday the 12th of August. What about penos in the All Ireland final? That would be box office. Don't say that. I'd like it. I'd be. Oh, oh. I'd like it. They oh. should do them like the like the preseason friendlies that the soccer teams are having. They go to penalties anyway. No matter what the results, there will be penalties at the end yeah. of this game. Showbiz, like, <laughs> wow, that's a good idea. They should do that in the group games and championship just to get everyone ready for them. Um, it will yeah. be close. To, like, there's not going to be there's not going to be that much in this game. Like, no. very good chance of a draw. It's a. I was to to draw. Joe Canning on the hurling pod live last Thursday night, and what did he say? He said. Yeah, he called a draw. He thought it would go in the football final. Extra time in the hurling. So, so he, was that. he was only 10 points I, off. A lot <laughs> of people, terrible call. Like. How, many point, how many points was he after on that show? <laughs> Nine. But hey, a lot of people were calling a draw <laughs> in Kilkenny and Limerick. And look what happened. I actually we heard more people final. tipping Kilkenny than I did Limerick. It was surprising. Kilkenny were getting a lot of airtime. They were, yeah. Did you feel like that, Paddy, when uh, you were facing Mayo in those all Ireland finals in 16 and 17? Did we feel what? Do you know that the general public were giving a bit more credit to Mayo that Mayo were going to do uh, it this we time? Didn't really, oh, the, genuinely, we were kind of we were weirdos, really. We just avoided all of that. We didn't listen to any of it. So, no, we were always confident going into the finals. Um, they were a lot tired. Obviously, they turned out to be a lot tighter than we expected. But generally, like all our finals, now I think yesterday was a bit of an anomaly. Like that, that Limerick won so handily. Like in the end, because the half time, Kenny were obviously three points up at half time, and they're dogging Limerick out. Like I was at it, and it was um, it was full on that first half, and then Limerick just just blew them away in the second half. Unbelievable. Yep. Limerick get five points in the 30th minute. Mm. But, but yeah, I was thinking five points. They were nearly half time. But they were struggling. But they legging in the first half. Yeah, yeah. but Kilkenny were and absolutely then, dogging them, Jimmy, as well. Like they were, at, there was not a second for any Limerick player, and then they just completely turned the table. The second half, twenty-one points in the second half. They couldn't miss. It was, couldn't. it was phenomenal to see it. Like Kilkenny just had no answer. So, but you know, physically, I thought the Limerick boys looked. Massive in comparison to somebody like Kenny because I don't know, was it? They do look like they're is big it, though. They're huge because they're little lads. They're, they're animals, monsters. Like, yeah. Is this like the first hurling game you've watched in four years? No, but I mean, like, geez, I thought Kenny. <laughs> Limerick have won the last few, Jimmy. <laughs> do you know, they've been, they've been monsters the whole time, James. Yeah. They've like redefined the size of a hurling. Your man, Gerard Hegarty, is good now. He plays wing yeah. forward most of the time. There is only one. Boy. There's only one game in town. You know that, lads. Like the football's gonna be yeah. way better than that. I, I agree with you, Jimmy. I agree Any with you. Any where there's ten points in it, come on, let's get over it. Get out to the football. So you were no, my jockey. But no, I must say that I like you think that the Kilkenny would come out physically yeah. big. They looked. 
Well, look, Kenny aren't small, yeah, exactly, yeah, but Limerick just... They looked dwarfed by Limerick, by the end, fairness, they were massive. Yeah. But the skill, like the Limerick, some of the scores Limerick were getting in the second half, Dermot Burns, Peter Casey was off the charts. Unbelievable. Casey had a hot Yeah, he went for about five minutes. It was like, oh my Lord. The poor Kenny quarterback yeah. got whipped off there. It was a bit late for that now. But, um, yeah. so you started off this by saying Joe Canning made a great call and he was nine points off. I guess and what, what was, was the segue was, into this Sunday? I guess, I guess what I was saying was all this build-up before this All-Ireland final was two titans clashing. Yeah. Kilkenny, Limerick, it was going to go right down to the wire, be tight. And Limerick just blew them away in the second Sam, half. The dubs and a little bit of me is... That's how I feel about this weekend. Yeah. It's going to be going down to the wire. It's going to be tight. Ah, dubs will win this 6-7. Like. Okay. Did they get a new full-back line today? <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> I can't wait for this game on Sunday, Jimmy. Another clean sheet for the Dubs. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's because the characters just be chipping points come the end. Yeah. No, it will uh, be uh, very close. It will be very close. One of my favourite things about the All-Ireland Final is that helicopter shot that goes over Crow Park and you see that every single seat in the stadium is filled 82,500 people or whatever it is is a closer a bit, a bit more than that you've both played in sellouts are the atmospheres of some sellouts different than others can you can you like what was that like Paddy you were at that game yesterday did it catch fire was it like one of those really electric atmospheres it's kind of weird because the first half wasn't a great game to watch like, it was quite low score like, Limerick were obviously kind of struggling Kilkenny were dogging them to get the early goal Cody's goal and then the second half was weird because Limerick just blowed them away like. so there wasn't do you know the way in a game like we, you look at Kerry Dublin last year in the semi-final there's a period where a team gets two or three points in a row and it's just a roar there's like momentum I didn't really get the sense of that yesterday at all there was a sense of inevitability that Limerick were just strangling them throughout I think the best bit was uh, to put on the cranberries after <laughs> and that was actually deadly and the crowd were loving that at the end like we hung around we were right beside uh, Larry Larry McCarthy presenting the cup to Cain Lynch so uh, no, oh you were there yeah were yeah yeah right in there I didn't spot you. Nah, on the TV. Okay. Just, just out of shot, just out of shot. I was chatting to Larry beforehand. I was like, Next to Leo. Yeah, a few words. Like. But um, now the, the best atmosphere is we've got a few sellouts, obviously, a lot of games against Kerry, a lot of games against Mayo. Uh, yeah, what was the best you played in? I think I said this before, like it's maybe that 13 game, Kev Max goal, we spoke about that. That was just, I think that was the loudest you ever heard Croker. Yeah, you spoke about that in, in season one of the yeah. football pod, and Andy Moran often talks about it, the noise yeah. when... Jimmy was playing, Kevin Jimmy, you were playing as well that day, and then uh, Dean Rock's free in 17 against Mayo. I think it was, that, was, that was the game right there, so the roar you was... You could hardly appreciate it. Could you appreciate it? Well, it was on the bench, it was whipped off in that game, so I was sitting on the bench at the time, Dino kicked that score, like, are you do, like, yeah, yeah, you do. I was only saying, we all watched the game last year, the semi-final, and it cost those goal... And Dublin were six points down at the time, and that brings Dublin back. And there was just, I think Dublin got the next score after as well. And just when a team gets momentum, the crowd go wild. And then look, Shawnee Shea's free at the end it was an unbelievable moment, and the Kerry reaction to that as well. So look, it's a special, special place when it's when it's like that, when it's full, and there's a game that tight, and you're gonna see it on Sunday. Like I mean, messing this game's gonna be very, very tight. It's such. It's, all, it's not a final. It's always a massive game, but it's Dublin Kerry. It's even bigger. And just the way the where two teams are at, it's even bigger again. You know, Kerry are going first back to back since 07. And the Dubs are, are trying to win back the All Ireland. And look, we, we could have touched on this last week. There's, You get the sense there might be many more. 
this this will probably be the last time this particular team takes the field. There'll probably be a couple of changes after that, but everything around this game and the atmosphere it's going to be like on Sunday is Dublin Kerry special. Look, you obviously. What, what, what was your what was the atmosphere, James? That you would think back on that. I enjoyed I enjoyed like, last year in the press box. I must say. <laughs> it was all Kerry. I was the only dog in that press box. It was a joke. No, do you know what? Because when we were watching it and we weren't sure obviously if it was over or not, and like there was a delayed roar. It was like <laughs> no the dubs were kinda of in disbelief that it was after we gone straight over the black yeah, spot. It was. And then you just you could feel the roar come from the Cusack and then it was like it rose like heat rising. And it was just <laughs> It, and then I just turned and Paddy he was just depression <laughs> central it was just I was, nah, it was, I was that cool. was a great moment and it was yeah, a great no, moment was. for Shawnee and for all the carry lads to win it like that was an unbelievable like a, I would say like a, a period of growth for him to get that weight mm. off the shoulders of the dubs beating the dubs in Crop Arc so that was massive but wasn't I, was on the bench, I was on the bench in 11 when, when Shawnee kicked it remember we were saying it's too far and we all said it we were sitting and going That's, he's not kicking that and the second he yeah. kicked the connection you, I was like oh no it's got the legs. It's got the legs. And it was, it was an unbelievable it, moment. But Jesus, heartbreaking. Yeah. After if if he put it down after ten or fifteen minutes, you'd say he might have the range here. To put that down after seventy five minutes of of hard graft, like to have the power in the legs to still put it over, was unreal. But I was on the, I was on the bench in eleven, and I remember thinking, Jesus Christ, this is reckless. Like, because I'd been to, I went to the 9 game the quarter final do you remember when Kerry Gooch got the early goal Kerry won handy <laughs> yes. and I was in the hill I was in the hill so what were you yeah oh, Jesus and Christ. I kind of got the hill the hill kind of um, did you start new rows huh did you start new rows in the hill that day no 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 there was rowdy in there I must say and there was a few bottles flying around the place I don't know right um, okay. but Kerry then fans. when I was uh, two years later I was sitting on the bench and I remember thinking this atmosphere is incredible. I could see the flares for the first time being involved. It was just incredible, like, and just Had the you noise coming in that day. Yeah, I'd come on in. I'd come on in every game apart from that one. So you, um, you were probably expecting to come in, were you? Or you were you knew there was a chance depending on. the Yeah, game. it was between myself and Barry John Keane. Barry John one of us on. was usually coming on. Barry John came on. Um, Barry John hit the post. Didn't Barry John hit the post? Gave away the free. Yeah. Oh, he gave away the free. Yeah. yeah. He was unbelievable at creating chances for himself yeah. that time. He just always seemed to get a shot off. And it just crept wide. It was so unlucky. Um, but yes, that was 11. 13 then was probably the first time I experienced that atmosphere playing then, which was incredible. Like I remember when McMenamin got that goal, the place literally shook. It was, that was crazy atmosphere. That what was, was, the, it like that was you, the best. Go on. What was it like when you rattled the back of the net and you have that brilliant celebration? Well, what was that? Like? People of anyone. <laughs> it was dead quiet. You can, like. hear, you can hear me roar there. Yeah, it was dead like. quiet. Like. I remember. I was like, what? That's because everyone, everyone went, whoa, that was class. Are you able to tap? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this kid? Who is this kid? We were actually clapping down with Randley. Are you, no, are you able I, to tap I, into that feeling like of what that was like or is it just gone forever like once it happens? I No, I remember that in 13. I had so much nervous energy. Do you know what actually this interesting, this is the, the mindset I had. Eamon Fismaris came up to myself and Johnny Buckley and he goes, one year is going to take a penalty if we get it. And Johnny just goes, James, you take it. And that's all I could think about before the game. That's all I thought. I was like, 
oh, fuck it, we're going to get a penalty here and I'm going to have to take it. So I was just, that's all I was thinking of before the game. I had no chance to be nervous about anything else. And then when the ball was thrown in, I remember just running like the, around into both corners out. I had so much nervous energy and I just found myself then at full pace running off Dunnick's shoulder for a goal chance. It was like, couldn't have, couldn't have happened any better. I mean, you well, asked like me this question it was early, yeah, I forget, I forget how early it was, but Go on, keep going. that Sorry, game was just so open, like in terms of both teams were just playing football. I remember our training sessions up to then, the weather was unreal. We were playing 15 on 15s in, in the stadium. Gooch was playing 11. We couldn't help but kick the ball through the Gooch. Like it was just a joy to, to be playing with him in that, in that team. Like, and we were just kicking the ball and it was so open, but I think we ran out of, ran out of a bit of steam. And then it, the, when that kick out went up in the air and it looked like we had it and it just, I more and got a hand to it down to Fionn and it just bounced away and Macaulay, <laughs> Macaulay gets an unbelievable Ooh. hand. And the then, typical dub, drops the point shot short and fucking <laughs> into the back of the net. Pure class, pure class. Yeah. That was where Declan's miss. Declan's miss from the shot beforehand to put you guys a point up. That would put his point up going into injury time. I couldn't believe he missed it. On his left peg, I was like, of all the players, I think he's going to nail that. And I was like, oh, fuck. And he put... Because Kerry were on the yeah, right. Yeah, but Declan hit, pulls it wide. And I was like, jeez, we got away with that one. And then the kick out happens. And McCauley, I remember saying this at the time, it was like, Kev Mack, I was like roaring at him. I was collapsed over on the far side under the Cusick stand. And I was like, just kick that ball over the bar. Please, God, kick it over the bar. And he duffs it into the top corner I was like yes <laughs> magic uh, and we scored another about three goals after him he beat us by about 15 points in the end like. he did he got another was it O'Gara O'Gara yeah yeah, yeah. off the bar Rattle, brilliant goal rattled the unsighted bar yeah. yeah but that was it that was genuinely that was that was some atmosphere the whole, that whole day because the game was so Kerry obviously go big and then we got a goal we did actually get a lucky goal Mannion's fist in Uh Three looking. Yeah, but that's right. Like, Mannion's goal in the first half, yeah. It was it Connolly took a shot and Mannion. It was Dermot, yeah, I think so. And we were, it was similar similar to the game last year, the Kerry game, that Kerry were putting pressure on and needed to pull away. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes if you're going, if you've that proper patch against Dublin, fucking put them away because they are going to get that that wave of, of we're coming for you. Almost like like Limerick had, had the last day. Like you, if you're going to, if you're going to, go for it make sure you do damage on the scoreboard or else when that enthusiasm but, but, comes from the crowd and everything but, but even Jimmy like, like if you look at last year's semi-final Kerry are six points up in the third quarter like it could have been yeah and it could the Shawnee misses the penalty obviously and Clifford is going bananas and Johnny Shea's probably winning that battle with John Small last year and it was like I remember we were at the, sitting watching the game and I was like oh Jesus Christ this could be bad like and Costello gets the goal without an hour it's unbelievable because David Moore drops it turnover and Dublin go and Costello gets it and then it's like we're coming for you it's like it's the atmosphere it's just like we're coming after you and that's what Sunday will be like for both teams it's that is the beauty of the full house team and you know you get on a roll and it's just it's there if you like Dublin in the semi-final the last couple of minutes you were talking about it on last week's show you get a turnover and the players we know it's there then that's like this is it like and it's every everyone just steps forward. That's the you can see it. Everyone like Cluck all end up playing out nearly in the half back line. Everyone's pushed up, and it's like right, we're coming after you. And that's I think there's going to be a period of that on Sunday. I think there needs to be. I think Dublin need to go on the front foot, and they will play in the front foot. But the same with Kerry, like 
And if you look, I think they carry a better set to deal with that. Yeah, no. they, they know what they're, they're experienced, Jimmy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the fact that they won this game last year, most recent iteration of it, and it's just. Uh, you, you look at we're talking about matchups now shortly and what you expect from the game you know Kerry got a lot of joy last year going after Jimmy's favourite topic Dublin full back line they were launching balls in to get Shawnee's goal very early in the game David Moore had a brilliant first half there and you could say you're probably going to expect something similar on Sunday if you're Kerry if you're Jack O'Connor you're going how do we how do we hurt this team and you like easy I suppose you just get, get the ball to Clifford as soon as possible as you can like, and that's what you would expect Kerry to try to do this Sunday like. if you're saying we can't rely on Clifford here Clifford has to be the cherry and the cake rather than the whole cake and the cherry do you know what I mean like he's he, but I think he's fallen into that trap already this season Jimmy that would be my I know so if you're Jack I, yeah and I can't disagree with you say you're Jack this week in training right how do you get Ganey into the game I think it is probably a long one early, a high one, just to the back post, hang off, try and get Ganey a point or two, get him into the game, and then it takes the pressure off everyone. Because if we're still going on the same route every time, the good teams figure that out. They'll they'll during the game they'll they'll create little traps for you. I think that if, if we can get Ganey up high in those pockets, it'll cause whoever's on him some some pain. Can can we hold here for a second because it's an interesting one. And I actually put it to Jack O'Connor. It's going out on the off-the-ball feed tomorrow. I was down at the Kerry Press Day last week. And I asked him would he be watching back the 2019 replay uh, between Kerry and Dublin and whether it would hold more relevance than actually last year's game. Because it's actually remarkable when you look at the starting teams from that day. Kerry are missing David Morn and Gavin Crowley from the team that started that day. Dublin are missing Johnny Cooper. Is that it? And that's it. It's absolutely remarkable. The, the lack of turnover given the players that have come back in the last few months so now watching back and I don't know I, I sent the book onto the two of you I don't know if you watched it back James but I watched that first 10 minutes of the replay and, and how well you had done in that first game and the dubs we're going to talk about Kieran Kenny in a second the dubs had five points from, from play um, I think four players scored five, uh, five players scored four points from play that day but the shooting was off the charts in the dubs they were 5-1 up inside the first 10 minutes and Kerry had bombed in five or six long balls Aimlessly, what what happened that day? That wasn't actually a planned move. Like, really? if anything, yeah, if anything, we planned on being more patient and being cuter with the ball and working the right score. And then it was like once one fella threw in a long ball, but it wasn't a clever. We didn't do any clever long balls. They were more just kind of let's root them in, you know. And once one went in, put in two or three, and when you give the dubs the ball they're going to come back with a shot. And they, they were so accurate. And suddenly there was five or six points on the board before Kerry kind of got a, so got a hold of the game. Planned. It's, it's funny you say I mean, that was it, it, it there's years when you plan, have, yeah. There's years when you've had Donahue or Walsh inside, or even last year you saw the damage that Graham O'Sullivan's long diagonal balls to David Clare were doing. They the were. Air. No doubt they were. One or two. And as well, yeah. maybe from the throw-in, you know, if you win the throw-in, let's put it on top of the full forward and let's get fellas yeah. in running. Maybe those, but like, you're never put it. You never plan a long balls for 15 minutes. It was like 10 minutes. It was like nervous. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was. I yeah. Looking back, there was a couple of things that went wrong in that in that game, and that was definitely one of them. We coughed up a couple of attacks early when you just need to settle, especially in a final, in against against Dublin when the crowd is is so hot. You just need to settle with a couple of scores, kill the crowd, get get into the was, game. Was there any other lessons from 19? 
that you think would hold relevance to this week? Or am I over-egging that, well, that four years ago? Like? I mean, the, the, the other standout thing that happened was the McCaffrey goal from the kick-out. That was the, um, that was the first game. That was the first Yeah, game. but say, if you just take those finals, yeah, that yeah. was something that was a serious learning for Kerry because Kerry had a press, but Howard came out and positioned himself in a place where he'd win the kick-out clean. And if you're going to press like that, you cannot leave a clean catch. Or if it's a clean catch... He can't take the free. He has to be blithe. Something has to happen where he doesn't get, get rid of it. And for him to catch it and slip it and next thing, McCaffrey can run in for 50 yards and bury it. Like that, that can't happen. I, I, Paddy, we're talking I, about I, I, like, even you're better off giving him the kick out than, than risking yeah. that. I, I've never seen a set play work for us as well as that. We practiced that kick out for weeks coming into that game <laughs> genuinely and it was like and poor I'll never forget because I was on the bench in that one as well Jesus and uh, Jason Foley's coming out and he was afraid to go all the way and he's looking at who's the which Peter Kane on the sideline and like they're having a conversation and he's like should I go and he's looking at right in front of the where the subs are in the Hogan stand and we were like we knew he just wouldn't go all the way and we, we'd get we'd get a kick out off and it wasn't actually in that kick out it was the one before that and we're like, we're gonna get this. This is so good. Jason Jason Foley from full back does co- go all no, all doesn't the way. go all the way, and he's looking at Peter Kane, and Peter Kane's kind of telling him, I don't know what is he. The two of them are just chatting, and the kick out, and then we win one before it, and then the next one goes to Howard, and that was the thing. It's like get Howard on it long, he'll win it clean, and Jack. Everyone else would move, get out of the way, and Jack just goes straight at the black spot. And, mm-hmm. and it worked to an absolute T. It was like we were high-fiving on the bit. I couldn't believe. I don't know what set play, you do them all in training, and they never work. Like, yeah. They never work in a game, but it did. Yeah. Um, but when, when we're doing that press, like you, you need fellas who are good in the air all over the place. Like, you have one or two. If Cluxon sees a fella yeah, that he thinks... He's got to go for it. I don't trust you in the air. I'm going to put this on top of you and see, can Howard fetch yeah. it over you? Like that's what a clever goalie is doing all the time. You almost need to have eight or six fielders out there who can at least break it. And I think that we were kind of caught there. We didn't have that many early dominant fellas, just even with the age profile of the team at the time. And yeah. Howard is an animal in the air. Yeah. That's very interesting. Paddy, can I come to you, Uncle Kenny? Cause, and I, can, I, can I actually read this? Because it's actually quite interesting. And I just, I started laughing before the pod there because I spotted a little nugget at the end of this quote. Um... So within 90 seconds of the replay, Kieran Kilkenny had scored his first point from play. He finishes the day with four. He was unbelievable that day in the replay. He said afterwards that Jim Gavin essentially told him to change his game and go out and score. Um, So Kilkenny said afterwards, our inside forwards have been playing really well all year. They were electric. So my mindset for the first game was that as soon as I got the ball, I just give it to them. I give it to the best man in the best position, get these guys in the ball. We had a meeting after that draw with the guys after the game and the management team and a few players came up to me and said, Kieran, we really need you to get scoring. So my mindset completely changed for the second game. And I was like, as soon as I get this ball, I'm taking my man on and I'm either going to get a shot away or I'm going to put him under pressure and try and get a free. So I was tr- I'm still trying to get that balance right of whether I give it to the best guy in the best position or as soon as I get the ball, should I go for score? So Kilkenny obviously just changed his game and like, I don't know whether Desi's trying to get that out of him at the minute or whatever's going on, but we obviously had a good debate last week about Kilkenny and what might happen this weekend. So we might come back to that in a second because Kilkenny goes on to say that he celebrated with his colleagues for several days before jetting (laughs) off to New York City on the Wednesday with fellow forwards Dean Rock and Paddy Andrews 
and they returned yesterday. They were having breakfast in Times Square one morning when an Irish waitress congratulated them on their five in a row. Even the Irish Americans that wouldn't be big GA fans, you hear them saying, hey, you guys did the five, Pete. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't remember much from that trip to New York. No, definitely not that breakfast encounter. But uh, no, that was good. No, yeah. It was good five days. Okay. So we'll leave, we'll leave New York at that. We'll leave we? New York at that for now. We might get more out right, on the road show. Kilkenny. Kilkenny. Do, 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 were you one of the people who had a conversation with him that week about I, getting on the I think board? everyone kind of... Like he has that in his locker. And that's the thing. And me and James talk about it so many times in this part as well. It, you can't beat having six scoring forwards. Like it just occupies, the, and, and it's particularly important. We spoke with this with Derry, what they need to do against Kerry in the semi final. By dropping guys back or not being a score on threat, you're allowing the opposition defence to set their own structure. And particularly when you have a case like Ty Morley who wants to sit in front of Foley and Tom Sullivan in the full back line, it allows them to control. And, and we would have got a lot of joy out of this with our Dublin team because we always played six up. It was like, and Jim Gavin, to be fair, was always big. Your job is to score, like, and you can nearly get be a bit of a bluffer playing wing forward and go and I'm tracking back and I'm doing this that and the other. It's like you need to score two or three points. That's your job, like do that and then do the other stuff as well. But don't you need to be a threat at all times? And lots of teams in, in our period when we were playing with Dublin would not play six forwards up. They play four and try and come back and stifle our attack, and that just played into our hands even more. And I think that's the the. the I agree. I don't can you could see it was a complete change in, in mindset from him when he had one of his best games for Dublin. He still did loads of work defensively and loads of link play, but he was just it is a mindset to go and, you know, he said it himself. And Jimmy, you know it's a case of you go into a game, I'm getting three, four shots here. No matter what. When I get it, I'm just gonna be an absolute pain in the arse for my marker. Um and when Dublin have six forwards doing that, I think it's a massive, massive threat because it just doesn't give the opposition a second. To rest. If Dublin go out and they play four forwards at the weekend, and let's say we bring two guys back and sit in front of David Clifford, no, that not for me. He, that just allows Kerry to control the game and set the tone. So, to be fair to Jim, he was always adamant on that. But Kieran and probably us as a team had got into the mentality of being a bit more conservative, a bit more precise with the ball. We, we weren't taking as many risks, and Kieran was probably one of the key players in that. And there was, I remember though, that that week or two after the game, we were relieved in a way that we got away with that because Johnny Cooper was sent off early and Spillane's goal goes in and we get a turnover coming down the stretch and Dean Rock kicks an equaliser so we were nearly gone so there was a bit of relief that we got away with it but also frustration because we look we, we thought we were better than Kerry and we didn't really perform um, so I think the Johnny Cooper David Clifford matchup was wrong I think that was pretty obvious and, and that nearly cost us the game so we made a couple of tweaks but it was also just a mindset like Khan scores I think four points for play I think Mannion scores three or four yeah Khan Kilkenny Mannion the final yeah and it was just they all score four from play Ganey and Clifford also scored four yeah. from play that day so it was a very the shooting was yeah. off the charts yeah and it was just a case of we've got a second bite of this we're not going to let this slip and Kilkenny's mindset to be fair to him was he was going to he's a massive leader in the team and that's why look, we'll talk about his role on Sunday as well even in last year's semi-final the second half he had scores three or four points from play he's so pivotal and this is the point they make when the biggest challenges the biggest moments come in for teams you want your biggest players because they, they do it they're the biggest players for a reason no more so than Kerry and Luck and even if Sean O'Shea's been maybe a little bit off his top form this year I expect him to have a big game on Sunday the same with Clifford obviously and if I, I just can't get my head around if Dublin don't start Kilkenny this weekend I, I, if he plays he will have a massive impact on this game it, it's 
is that is that crucial to the team? And we said it last week. If Jimmy, if you're on Kerry's side of things, you don't want him on the pitch. That's that's the reality of it. So I just think it's a it's a massive call for Desi to make. But his role in the last two championship games against Kerry, he's been absolute forefront of anything good Dublin have done. Yeah, there's not there's none there's none of those really selection dynamics for Kerry. Like Kerry have what they have. Potentially Stephen O'Brien now. Do you not think? Absolutely, but he just had a stormer off the bench. Mm. Give him the same role again. He's yeah. confident in that. You know, you need plus Kerry aren't absolutely swimming in talent That's off the nice bench at the moment. You know, like that they're a couple of knocks and niggles and stuff. So I keep Steve on the bench in reserve and guarantee that quality for half an hour at the end when you need it. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what they do with Kilkenny. But like, if you can get those scores in, from ten and twelve, yeah, it takes so much well, pressure. So much I pressure. Think we're gonna, I think on Thursday night we're going to have a fairly decent half forward to talk to us about that role as well and Paul Galvin. So I think we should talk about Kieran Kilkenny at a road show on Thursday night. For anyone who can't make it, the show has been sold out since the night we put the tickets up for sale. It will be on YouTube and on podcast on Friday afternoon. So make sure you have a look at it. If you hadn't seen the Hurling Pod live last weekend, they had a great night in the Borgosh Andy Theatre. Um, some great laughs, great crack, and we'd be great predictions. We'd be planning to do the same thing <laughs> on Thursday night in Crow Park. I have been like a ticket fairy all week, helping people uh, who wanted to sell tickets or pass on tickets, get them to somebody else. So I sorted out about 20, 30 people. So if anyone can't make it for any reason, feel free to get in touch on the Football Pod Instagram or the Football Pod Twitter, and I will, uh, I'll sort them out for you. Um, there's plenty of people looking for tickets uh, still at this at this stage. So really looking forward to Thursday night. Uh, that's going to be a great show. We're going to have a full two-hour show that night. So we're, we're going to definitely talk about Kenny there that night and maybe some of the selection decisions. We're going to take a break in a minute and come back. I want to get your matchups. I want to get your thoughts on them because Keno Sullivan and Paul Galvin, we're going to get stuck into them with them on Thursday night. So we'll come back in about uh, two minutes' time with that. I do want to mention as well the Laura Lynn f- fundraiser um, that Paddy mentioned a couple of weeks ago in the pod. Um, this is taking place on August the 11th. If you search for the gift of grace, you'll be able to find it. It's for a great cause. Um, it's to raise funds for the satellite service in Mallow County Cork to provide support for children who have life-limiting conditions and their families in the southwest of Ireland. So, uh, Paddy, it's a, it's a friend of yours who's taken off on a cycle from Dublin down to Mallow and they're trying to raise funds and awareness for, for this cause. Yeah, it's a, look, it's an incredible cause and massive thank you to we shared this after last week's pod and there was massive uh, donations so everyone who's contributed anything towards that uh, it's greatly appreciated it's an unbelievable cause uh, for Gavin and everyone else undertaking the cycle in two three weeks time so thanks again we'll share uh, the link as well after this on Instagram and Twitter and everything and also with our roadshow attendees who are coming on on Thursday night so massive thank you and please uh, support if you can yeah, 100%. So we'll be back right after this, talking more football ahead of the All-Ireland Football Final. You are very welcome back to episode 32 of the Football Pod of Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. I'm Tommy Rooney. We are all back. It's All-Ireland Final Week. We're all very excited. We have got our roadshow coming your way with thanks to AIB on Thursday night. Proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Toughest James, for more. I might get you to do those reads on Thursday night. I know you like doing them. Get Jimmy to no problem. Is there an extra fee for that in there? A <laughs> <laughs> hundred quid every time you mention hashtag. I, I do anything for money. I know that. <laughs> um, 
It's got to be. How many gigs are you doing this weekend, Jimmy? You're, how many, you're coming oh, up to Dublin tomorrow, are you? Seven on no, seven days. Seven and seven. Seven and seven. Don't forget me, lads. Don't forget me when you make it big. That's all I'll say to you. Uh, Jimmy will um, leave us. Jimmy will be over in the States. Big don't, don't, forget where it's, don't forget where it all started. Okay, Paul Galvin and Keno Sullivan joined us this week. Did you ever clash in the pitch? Uh, no, I was always, there, well, most of the time down the other end. We, uh, Never around a breaking ball or anything like that, no? No, no, that wasn't my bag at all. Leave that to the big fellas. Um, I used to say, remember we were chatting last week. I think between myself, Jimmy, Keane and Paul, we were all only on the pitch against each other. 13 definitely, 15 in the rain. Hmm. That's uh, it. 16, that was, Galvin was gone Paul was gone. Paul, Paul was gone after 15. So 13 yeah. and 15 was, were the only two games where we were all on the pitch against each other. Two two from two for the dubs, which I'm, I'm quite happy about. But uh, now I, I must say, I know you're getting hopped off Tommy for tickets, but when we announced the two boys, uh, I got a lot more requests. Very, It's become a very handsome and very stylish pod. So us three shams are going to need the upper game going on stage with Keno and Galvin on Thursday night. But uh, I'm re- really, really looking forward to it. They're both uh, very deep thinkers about the game. You could see it in the way they both played. Um, Is Keen? Yeah, very much. I, would, I never really knew what kind of... Uh kind of personality Keen was like he's a, is he a big thinker yeah, again yeah very cerebral player you could see the, the way he played very intelligent guy so not only will they be more stylish and more handsome they're probably more intelligent than all three of us as well so it'll be no. <laughs> it'll be yeah, it'll be a good mix <laughs> it's a bit more highbrow of a show now but uh, honestly geez, when it was announced was it last Thursday or Friday we announced it my phone was hopping lads like can you get tickets for this thing oh, it's sold out already lads but uh, no they'll be brilliant guests and they don't do a lot don't they not they don't do a lot of media stuff. I think that's the best. Yeah, that's the best thing though, because neither of them are in the kind of spotlight that much. So it'd be very interesting to get their takes on it. Like, yeah, definitely. Paul is uh, Paul is so like he's so enjoyable to talk football with. We just he's so clued in about about the game. Like, it'd be very interesting to talk about. I'm, I'm and I don't know. I've never taught football with. I've never actually taught football with that many dubs. You're just stop you know? talking to me. Like. I met. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a bad way into the dub culture. Oh, okay, it's a different You guys will get on. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Myself. Yeah, it's gonna be class. Can't wait for it. That's Thursday night, and of course, if you miss it or you can't get a hold of those tickets, you can watch it on Friday afternoon. I'll let you know what time it's going to be available and edited and ready to go on Friday afternoon. Or you can buy them off me for five oh, times yeah, the price. Yeah, reasonable fee. <laughs> it's funny. Thirteen. We're definitely going to be talking about thirteen because. The four year only on the pitch together for four minutes in 2015. Oh, really? Because James and Keane are substituted at the same time in the 61st minute, and Galvin came on in the 57th. Paddy, you finished that game out, buddy. You played the whole. You played the yeah, whole game that day. Top of the pop, yeah, you were usually either a finisher or a, and, and you know an early runner, weren't you? Yeah, Jim still thought he was good back then. Yeah, they kind of waned over the, the following years. Yeah. But uh, no, no, I finished fifteen as well in the rain. I la- tore me back halfway through oh. the second half. Stayed on the pitch for the whole thing. Um, yeah, that's ten years ago. I'm saying like we're Thursday night in Croker, obviously, so we were big games. Oh, yeah. And the following day in Croker again, the 2013 team is at the GPA reunion lunch. That's unreal. Ten years. Yeah, first all Ireland. Yeah, that'll be class. So. Busy weekend in Croker. Get familiar with the place again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Go for Larry. Go for meet Larry for breakfast. As if you've lost touch. 
Uh, You've got your own changing room but for Galvin Thursday night. Galvin only came on at 13. What? No, Galvin started, Galvin started at 13. He only came on at 15. Oh, come on at 15. Yeah. I knew he came on at 15. Yeah, no, you, you, you played pretty much uh, the entire games, uh, all four of you in 13. Um, he came on and made made a goal chance. Like, we were three down. And we had a goal chance at the end. Killian Young, yeah. He slipped to the Killian. Galvin slipped to the Killian, I think. It just And the wet, it just went through Killian's hands. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. So. I've never watched the game back now, actually, but that's my memory. I watch it every, every morning. <laughs> Homework for this week, James. Watch back 15. Okay. No, I would never do that to myself. You get all those clips up. We missed. I do remember, though, missing. We missed so many chances in the first half of that game. I'm telling you, we did. We did about we'd six gimme wides. No. Tell you. No. Watch it back. Okay, we will watch it back. I will watch it back. I will watch it back. Clip this up. Clip the wides we kicked in the first half, which is not, I'm not saying it's a good thing. You're only as good as your conversion rate, I always say it. Okay. Right. Matchups. Whoever's banging that pen off the table, stop. Dublin Kerry, potential matchups. The teams, the last day, I'm just going to run through this really quickly. Cluxton, Fitzsimons, Davy Byrne, Owen Merchant, John Small, Brian Howard, Lee Gannon, Fenton, McCarthy, Mannion, Paddy, Paul Mannion, Paddy Small, Niall Scully, Conor Baskell, Conor Callaghan, Cormac Coslow. The subs in were Kieran Kilkenny, Jack McCaffrey, Lorcan O'Dell, Dean Rock and Tom Lahiff. Sean Bugler missed out through injury. We don't know yet if he'll be back. So that's Dublin. Kerry, Shane Ryan and Golds, Graham O'Sullivan, Jason Foley, Tom O'Sullivan, Paul Murphy, Tyg Morley, Gavin White. Midfield was Jack Barry, Dermot O'Connor. Dara Minehen, Sean O'Shea, Adrian Spillane in the half-forward line. Paddy Clifford, David Clifford, Paul Ganey in the full-forward line. The subs in were Stephen O'Brien at half-time. Tony Brosnan and Brino Bugliak. Michal Burns and Rory Murphy. We mentioned last week that Jack O'Connor said that he should have Killian Spillane back in time for his final, presumably on the bench. He had only had three football sessions under his belt. By the time the semi-final came around, he'll obviously get four more in before the final. So that is the state of play. We've had our kind of mini Kieran Kilkenny debate whether he'll start or not. We've kind of said that we reckon Stephen O'Brien will play that same role again, James. So are we expecting those teams to line out roughly as we had them, Paddy? Where does that Dublin change come in, do you think? Um, the other thing as well, and it's kind of under the radar, is Paddy Small was back from injury a really direct player he had a massive impact in that semi-final mm. last year he was a big part of Dublin he was brilliant brought energy and speed and ball winning ability to it like he's a great option if he doesn't start him it's like there's decisions to make and I, I, I think that's a massive plus for Dublin I said this on last week's show when we were reviewing it that they have those options there now like the challenge over the last two years has been probably a little bit they've been weaker coming off the bench whereas now we know McCaffrey McCaffrey's role they don't expect Jack to start but expect him to come in nearly similar to what, what Stephen O'Brien is going to do for Kerry and just bring that real pace and energy to the attack I think the obvious thing you know Scully had a quiet semi-final comes off does Kilkenny go straight in there or does, or does Desi stick to his guns mm. and say I'm going to keep Kilkenny in reserve I think that's a massive call I personally my stance I would play him 100% all day long Um but we said that we're not going to know until 10 minutes before throwing. Whatever teams are put out, they're not going to be, there's going to be changes to it. Uh, I don't expect many. I think Kenny is the big call, whether he starts or not. And on Kerry's side, you could potentially look at maybe not playing Ganey and playing O'Brien from the start, but I agree with you. I, I think that's unlikely. Yeah. Um, 
I don't see no, again, 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 he starts. Again, he starts. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't see many changes really from, and, and generally speaking, there's not massive changes from a semi final to a final. There might be one yeah. tweak or if there's an injury or anything. Bugglers are probably the unknown in the Dublin camp. You know, to, to not be available at all, even on the bench with, with injury the last day, that two week turnaround. He had been having a great year. That's a big ask. Yeah, but, but if you're looking, if it's an all or in a final, and, and our guests on Thursday night, Keenan Sullivan, they give you some of the stories from his build up to all or in the finals, you can kind of just get it, get out on the pitch, do whatever you have to do to get out on the pitch. And if you're injured for two or three months after that, that's fine. We've seen Peter Canavan do it with Tyrone. Keane would have done it three or four times with Dublin. So if Bugler is in any way available, I think he could be a massive asset to Dublin, even for 20 minutes at the weekend. Because... If you look and we get into the nuances of how Dublin can hurt Kerry, I think Kerry have struggled with direct running all season. All season. And Bugler brings that. Paddy Small brings that. Colin Baskell brings that. And it's probably one of the things that maybe Kilkenny has been accused of not bringing enough. So there, there's interesting calls to be made. But I think in the main, both the Dublin and Kerry teams you've outlined for their, their semi-final wins over Monaghan and Derry, I don't expect yeah. major changes on either side. They're going to be pretty similar. I think, I think the Dublin, the best... From... Our point of view, right? Say Kerry, point of view. Dublin's best half forward line would be Kilkenny ten, Bugler eleven, and Mannion twelve. I think mean, that's got a bit of everything. It's got your, it's got your graft, it's got your legs, and it's got your scoring power. The only thing is, obviously, you, you, if if you don't put on Kilkenny, then you're maybe using a Scully. You have Kilkenny off the bench, but at Kilkenny's his age profile, I don't think he's as as much of an off-the-bench impact player. I'd, if I was Dublin, I'd way rather have him from the start, you know, and have his influence there. So, like, because Kerry have players to mark then. But if, if I had to go through the matchups from the, for the Kerry forwards, like, for Simons, I think we'll pick up David Clifford. I think that Shawnee Shea will be picked up by John Small. Paddy Clifford will be picked up by either Merchant or Gannon, but I think Merchant. Adrian Spillane will be picked up by Howard if they slip him back wing back Paddy or will they put James McCarthy wing back no no McCarthy failed to be midfield so Howard Howard will be be five coming in there again will pick Kerry, up um, Darren that's the thing with with Kerry having Moynihan and Spillane they're not out and out scorers Darren yeah. Moynihan certainly isn't if you Dublin's best way of dealing with or trying to deal with Clifford is Slow carry transitions up the pitch, so the boys work like dogs up there. Try and get a handle in midfield with Fenton and McCarthy over Barry and Dermot O'Connor and allow Howard to drop off the non-scoring threat in the half-forward line and give Fitzy a dig out with Clifford. That's what they'd be trying to work. And that's the the difference of having, say, if it was Paul Gavin playing wing forward or Declan O'Sullivan, where you can't afford to leave any carry forward on their own. You can't get that plus one you can't get that matchup but with having Spillane and definitely Moynihan yeah they do loads of work and all that good stuff but this is the point we were talking about only a few minutes ago they're not massive scoring threats so, so the, uh, like we've said this all season long and every anyone's <laughs> watched GA in the last two or three years there's with Clifford it's damage limitations you know I've yet to see anyone take him out of a game completely and I agree I think Fitzy's been the man for the dubs for over a decade he'd probably be tasked with him 
and he has massive strengths to his ball, but, but you need to dig it when you're dealing with Clearford. And a big thing is trying to shut down the supply lines. Not, and you've seen Kerry last year in the first half, they're launching that ball in, and it may be different from 19. It's a bit more subtle than what well, they're doing Clif- last Clifford, year. It's a bit more practical. Clifford was a big minor, but he's a bigger man now than he was in 2019. Yeah. No, I'm talking about last season. Oh, last season, sorry, yeah. First yeah. half, himself and Johnny Shea play inside and more and Graham was willing to get the rec balls in to get a lot of joy out of that I think Kerry going to try and do that so for Dublin it's a case of let's try and get Fitzy on him try and the midfield battle I think is massive that Feather McCarty can win those kickouts and stop Kerry transitioning the ball up the pitch quickly that's a big help in trying to shut down Clifford but I think Howard's role on Sunday will be and we've one of the best that ever did it with us on Thursday night to talk about trying to sweep and get in front of a full forward lines, I think that's the role Howard's going to have to play and he's going to have to play it well. On would that make you excited, um, James, if the Dubs were to drop Brian Howard back in front of Clifford? Or would you be worried about that? Worried? Like, as a carry forward, would you be excited if they were dropping an extra man back? I'd, in be, I'd be insulted if there wasn't someone back. Like, if you just, if they played 15 on 15 on, in, on Clifford, and not put someone back in front of him. I he'd be shaking his head, going like, "What is this?" Because there's no there's no way of marking Clifford one on one. Because if Kerry are bringing the ball down the field and he sprints off the shoulder and takes it at pace, there is literally nothing the defender can do, and he has a long range shot in him. Yeah. I'd be shocked if Howard didn't do that kick. Double one on one in him last year. At what stage? For most of that game last year, Dublin one on one on Clifford. Yeah, they're, 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 and, and when they're when they're caught one on one, Clifford is going gangbusters. They don't. They, it's where they manufacture. Half, they manufacture a sweeper exactly. at all stages. Hundred percent. They couldn't do it quick enough in the first half, Jimmy, because they were losing the battle around the middle of the field. And Kerry they were, were and Kerry were going with the long. And Kerry were launching the ball in. Watch the first one. half last year. They play Sean O'Shea inside because he brings John Small in there because they know that's happening. And you could say, oh, like Throne used to try this, do this with Peter Hart as well. We'll play inside. And Throne just couldn't get the ball into him. But Smalley would deal with that quite well. Whereas Kerry last year was Clifford and O'Shea inside. And it's a clear tactic because you can see David Moran gets the ball and he's looking going, what's the earliest I could possibly launch this ball in? But Kerry gets you, like Sean O'Shea's goal comes from that. Dublin don't really deal with it. Big difference with Dublin this year as well is they've Cluxton and go. So Cluxton is one of the best at sweeping that situation up and organising there, so that's a plus on their side. But Dublin will always try, and it's not like we're going, well, champagne football, all-out attack. We'll try and manufacture getting bodies back in front of Clifford because it's right. The reality is you have to respect what this guy is doing. And not just Clifford. If Keeney gets loads of space, he can score. If Paddy Clifford gets loads of space, he can hurt you. But... You're trying to manage that. Dublin will still try and play in the front foot, but if if we can slow them down, make Shane Ryan go short on kickouts or get steel on Shane, or steals on Shane Ryan's kickout, it allows Dublin to get bodies back and try and just clog up that space in front of Clifford. And yeah. do I don't think that any. I don't think well any the team half, were better in the second half last year's semi final than they did in in the first half most certainly because Kerry were Kerry were making hay in that first half. But no team goes out to. Leave it one on one in the full in the full forward line. Every team has some sort of a plan of getting an extra body back. Like like we carry it's Tyg Morley, free Tyg up, sit back. We, we, even with that great Dublin team, it was Keen Keen Sullivan. Don't mark your man, whoever it is. Let's let's get a switch on and put Keen sweeping. It's just a matter of how good you are at that and how fast you can do it. Like you read the teams as fifteen on fifteen, but like you can't leave it. 
three v three in the full forward line when you're when you've David Clifford on the field. That's definitely that can't where, happen. Isn't that where midfield is? Midfield is always important, but it's it's pivotal on Sunday. And if you look, you know, for, for the Kerry lads, for Dermot O'Connor and Jack Barry, this is their third game in a row where they're coming up against a standout midfield partnership. And they hands down, they win that battle against Kilpatrick and Brian Kennedy in the quarterfinal. Dermot O'Connor has his nearly breakout game for Kerry. He was exceptional. Then they're up against Glass and Rogers in the semi-final. And okay, Rogers gets a period where he gets a couple of scores when Dermot O'Connor gets his black card. But does Connor Glass have his quietest game for Derry all season? And you'd have to say, well, that's credit to the Kerry lads. And the same thing on Sunday. It is Fenton and McCarthy have been massive for Dublin over the last couple of games in the championship. I think they'll be big again on Sunday. And it's a case of, yes, if they win that midfield battle, it gives Dublin go-forward ball and allows them to try and get the ball up the pitch quickly to Khan and Costello and these guys. But it also helps slow Kerry getting up the pitch, which is a massive... It's a team effort. It's not just going to be Fitzy deal with Clifford. Like, that's just, that's not, not going to get the job done. You need more than that. And that midfield partnership... And that whole middle tour, but if Dublin can get on top there, and it's a big challenge because to be fair, Jimmy, for the two Kerry boys, their credit, they've built a lot of credit in the bank over the last couple of weeks with their performances against Tyrone and Derry. Yeah, but like when you take those matchups, Jack Barry marks Fenton. That's there, kind of the. Was there a feeling that's that, kind of the, that Barry had the? I had an ability to nullify Fenton because there was certainly been thrown around that Barry was Fenton's kryptonite at a, at one stage. Yeah. He had kept Fenton to one point in four league games in a row. I don't know about this, but go on. Okay, James, did you, was there yeah, a feeling no, Kerry, no, that Barry, no, Barry would do a job on yeah, him? Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's not an insult to anyone. That is, that is the case. Jack Barry seems to be able to physically, well, over the last couple of years, match up with him and stop him from creeping up in those positions and swinging over points. That doesn't mean, and as well, aerially, he's challenged him. But Fenton, Fenton's playing a more defensive role this year. Like every time the ball is in in the Dublin D, Fenton's around there somewhere. He's making some sort of an intervention, or he's he's sitting back there a bit more. He's kind of dictating defensively a lot more, and he's still getting up for his for his two points if he can. But Jack Barry certainly has seemed to be a good matchup for for Fenton over the last couple of years. Barry was but the other in that first uh, final in twenty nineteen on Fenton as well. Yeah, he was, and. It was needed because Fenton is an animal. You need to nullify him. You have to hammer that hammer. But the other matchup, I think, is is the more interesting one because, again, like Fitzsimons and Clifford, you have a fellow who's in his mid-30s on a fellow in his young tw- early 20s, possibly breaking out playing his best football, Clifford and Fitzsimons, and Dermot O'Connor and James McCarthy. Like... James McCarthy is going to use all of his experience, all of his know-how. He's going to draw on every one of those medals he has. And Dermot O'Connor is going to have to use his legs and his footballing nose to try and try and overcome him. It's going to be very interesting to see who comes out and in, in who wins that battle. Um, I, I think I, I'm I'm confident that Dermot can with his legs because he's an incredible athlete. Be interesting to see how, how James McCarthy goes at it. Macker still has legs. It's incredible. Like we were chatting about this after the semi or the quarterfinal against Mayo. Like he's running and covering the ground. He burned like Tommy Conroy for space. It's unbelievable, freak. Like. Yeah. And just there's 24 year old legs and there's 34 year old legs though. No, no, no for normal like, people, I accept. I don't think Macker's normal though. Yeah. I think he's shown he's not. Like I, 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 I can't wait. Like I can't wait for the game. But there's, there's certain battles which are just and it, it, that can swing it. Like. Like if the Kerry boys go out and do what they did against Tyrone and dominate that area, 
it's a big ask for Dublin to try and win the game from that position. That's how, yeah. how important it is. Yeah. And the same with if the Simons can pull something out of the bag and, and keep Clifford quiet, that could be the game. And the same on the other side, you look at Khan, we've said, I think Khan is playing well, but by his standards, he's probably hasn't reached his absolute peak. You say J- Jason Foley's going to pick him up. Probably Tom O'Sullivan on Costello, Jimmy. That would be right. No? It depends on... Uh, Basquiat, to me, is so dangerous. But, yeah, uh, yeah I would have second, would be on Costello. Yeah, he probably will be. Now, whether that stays the case, I think it's whoever is livelier. Whoever gets hot. Put, yeah. put Tom on him. Because Tom's, Tom's marking is sometimes kind of underappreciated because of Shane Walsh in that final last mm. year. Like, Tom is sticky. And Costello needs, needs some serious attention. But if Tom can give him that attention and break up the field and cause him problems going the other way, that really does mess with the corner forward's head. But, but the beauty of this is, like, we'll talk about teams, like, Dublin are going to try and create a plus one with Howard. Kerry are going to try and create plus one with Morley. But there'll be a lot of just one-on-one matchups as well in mm. this game. And, you, you know, you see teams and it's it's defensive system trying to shut players down. You will get a lot of duels in this game yeah. on Sunday. And that's the the fascinating thing that's about class. it. Yeah. And they're so... That's Kerry Dublin, isn't it? That is just... Yeah, it is. The way, the way the it's mano-on-mano. Yeah. Come with your best stuff. And if you haven't got it, you haven't got it. And that's... You get this is where it is, and we used to always say, Deck Darcy, brilliant coach and selector with us. It's like, I don't really give a shit what you do in 90% of the other games. You are going to be judged on what you do against a team like Kerry. That's the mm. reality of it. Look at guys like Kev Mack, you know, you make your legacy in these type of games, and that's what's on the line. Shawnee Shea had the moment last year. You won't be surprised if there's one of them. There will Sunday. be. Yeah, yeah there will, you can nearly guarantee it. And it's like, is it going to be Clifford? Is it going to be Kilkenny? Is it going to be Khan? Is it going to be Dermot O'Connor? It's the there. thing that I, that's just jumping over me after we having this conversation is, Howard wasn't even on the team Back a couple of months Mark. ago. And now he's uh, arguably given... Yeah, so but he's, he's, he's going to be given such a key job. Do your yeah, gig half back, the but road, then get back and help with Clifford. But he can do like it. Like that? Yeah. Like, no, 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 he can do it. But I'm saying, Jesus, would they not have given him a couple of <laughs> chances at it? He was away. He was travelling. He was loving life there in January and February. He came back and he was on the he was on the bench in a couple. The Loud League game and the Derry League final, he was on the bench and didn't come on. And, either. and I was like, oh, he's after doing something here. He's <laughs> after 30. He was on the beer. Must have done something like But he obviously didn't. And it was, he was just... He's been since he's come on the scene with Dublin. He's so pivotal. Look at the, the 2019. That's he's only young for it, really, at, at that time, and he's playing such a massive role. It's he's just so smart. Great relationship with Fenton, obviously, but club mates, they're good buddies, and that's that's important. It so, still know, kind of, feels kind of bring the midfielders back. Like we've only had yeah. flickers from Brian Howard, though. I know what he's won. It still feels like there's way more in that fella. Well, it's kind of it's different. Role. Like he was wing forward, and he was going out and out wing forward. Give us two or three points there, and he'll shimmy. Now it's been a more defensive role, and he has he has that ability. He was midfield at different times for Dublin as well. But I agree. I think his role on Sunday is pivotal in that Dublin defensive shape. He's the type Morley of of the Dublin team, you know. And you know how important Morley is, and how pivotal Morley was in that defensive system that won the All Ireland last year for Kerry as well. So. And I, th- I think that's the thing you're going to see with both of these teams. They'll mi- they mirror each other so much. They'll do yeah. a lot of the same stuff. And 
the biggest thing, they're both fancy this game. I said, well, the second the draw was made, it was like, Kerry think they'll beat Dublin and Dublin think they'll beat Kerry. Mm. And that gives you a mindset going into a game. Like, it's going to be class. Do you know, do you know what, what we haven't really mentioned? And it's been a factor in every single All-Ireland final that there's ever been. The He's a free taker. Huh? <laughs> no, not the ref. <laughs> Goff is great. Goff's coming on Thursday night. He could be. He could be. Put him up. Put him in the shell bar. Go on. But on a serious note, free takers. Kerry have the better free taker. There's no doubt about it. Shawnee is probably top free taker in the game at the moment. Distance wise, 45s, angles. Dublin don't have the quality of rock anymore from the start. Like they'll have Costello on him. He's not a he's not a nine out of ten from range. Probably he's a he might be a seven out of ten. Like those small little factors could make a massive difference. Are you worried about Sean O'Shea's form this season at all? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. If anything, I think that this is the type of game that really makes a carry forward. No, no, I agree. But is it like last? This is the so one. That, that first half, obviously, the free is exceptional at the end. But the first half performance was exceptional for Kerry as well. And that's, he's pivotal as well. And we're talking about not being overly reliant on Cliff. And that, that is, like Sean O'Shea's the next best forward. Like, like Eni was an exceptional player, but he's probably not at, at his peak now. Um, Paddy Clifford is brilliant in a different type of way. But I think Sean O'Shea is their next best man. And if he's a little bit off, that, that again, it brings you back to Kerry having so much pressure on, on, on Clifford. Um, I think he's, he needs to go well on Sunday. And that battle with John Small is... Oh, that's another one that's just so so important like it's overly you go through all of these but I don't think it's at its best Jimmy and I, don't, I think that's reasonable there's fair. definitely been questions but I think I think we've seen sorry go on <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything did I stop you from saying something big there did I <laughs> no I was yeah but Jimmy get four points before Thursday and you come after it then like you see, get a point yeah, into him, Paddy. Like get a point into him. Yeah, exactly. You're coming up to Dublin tomorrow. He's on the piss for a week. <laughs> Have you already booked your uh, celebrations? What was it? D2, was it? The after party for the All-Ireland Final? <laughs> Is that where it's on? I don't know, but usually you, you advertise it beforehand, don't you? The Kerry All-Ireland celebration. Well, uh, Are you going to do what, Ke- no. what Kenny and Limerick did and go back to Kerry that night, or is it too long a trip? That di- It didn't look right, did it? Where did they? Where did Limerick go back? It's only two hours. Uh, I think they went to the Woodlands. Kerry, there, seven hours. I think. I think it was. I think they went there. Tradition. The Dublin's just a rip-off. The, the money to stay up there, I'd say, for a whole team. Mental. Do what you're doing, Jimmy. You've got ten gigs, like. We should come back down to Clarny. I see the most reasonable. <laughs> beautiful town it's a lovely town it is a lovely town right um, save a little bit let's save a little bit for Thursday night uh, last question pick a defining area or line where you think this game could be won this weekend we know what James O'Donoghue is going to say go on Jimmy I d- if it, it definitely depends on how well Dublin can transition that plus one and get him back in front of Clifford because because I think he has the beating of every single player that anyone could put on him. And if Kerry can move the ball fast enough, there's goals there, there's points from play, there's there's everything there. But if Dublin can 
it can get back fast enough, delay the ball, get Howard back in front, slow the game down, then that would be a massive, massive part of Dublin winning. But if they can't do that, I can see Kerry scoring 20 plus points, having enough. Paddy, what's your one key area? Midfield. You think the game is won in midfield? Well, I think it feeds into, I think if Dublin can steal Shane Ryan's kickouts, if they can retain 90% of the cluckos and control that middle third, it, just, it, it all feeds, I agree, it feeds into what Jimmy's saying. If mm. Dublin are dominant around the middle third, it slows Kerry's transition and it stops the supply at the Clifford to a point. Yeah, I think that's critical. I think the Dublin full forward line, there's a massive responsibility on them. Um, if they click together, like Pascal was very good in the quarterfinal, not so good in the semi. Costello was good in the semi, quite in the other games and had injuries and stuff. If those three boys, if Khan brings his best stuff and Costello and Pascal are hot, that could be the full forward line that wins it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, look, it's, it's very exciting. It's, it's very exciting, lads. I'm buzzing for this game, lads. Yeah, it's very exciting. Do you know what I'll say? I'll say one thing about the football pod and the journey we've had over the last couple of years. And Paddy, we've done 100, over 100 episodes together. Season one, we had Andy Moran from Mayo. Dublin Mayo. Mayo beat the dubs. Underrated, some might say. Mayo beat the dubs. Season two, James has that moment in the press box last year where he looks at you as Shawnee O'Shea puts that free over the bar. Surely, Paddy, surely it has to turn for you at some stage on this pod. Dubs haven't won since I left. The whole thing's got the shit. <laughs> so uh, that could be an omen, I think, going into the weekend. So, lads, uh, we better get ready for this roadshow. We're going to. Tommy, give us your... Who do you think is going to win as the neutral here? Genuinely. No bullshit now. Who's going to win this game? Am I allowed to change my mind on Thursday night? No. Nail your colours to the mast here. Jimmy, you're convinced Kerry will win. I'm not I'm not going to say 100% Kerry victory because I think that Dublin have unbelievable quality, but I'm definitely 75% sure Kerry will win. Shaking off that beating, beating Dublin last year was so important. Get that under the belt, shake that weight off the shoulders. I think it'll stand them in good stead. Go on, Tom. Sorry, Mead. I'm reserving the right to change my mind. I'm at the minute 51 percent, 49 percent leaning towards the dubs at the minute. Whoa! At the moment, but I reserve the right to change my mind if Paul Galvin changes my mind on Thursday night. I can't wait to hear what Galvin has to say. I can't wait to hear what Galvin has to say. I like to hear what Keenan Sullivan has to say, lads. Lads, we've got a little, we've got a busy week ahead, so I'm going to end this week's pod right now, and we're going to get cracking on some of our stories for the road show on Thursday night. We're going to get ready for it. So thanks very much for jumping on, as always, on a Monday. Thanks, Tom. Fair play to you. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Um, we will, of course, be giving away a pair of All Ireland final tickets at the road show on Thursday night as well. So. Stay tuned for details to win them. And I will be giving away a pair of tickets to the roadshow itself. So two different things on the Football Pod Instagram tomorrow. So stay tuned for details around that as well. Everyone at home, thanks very much for tuning in. James and Paddy, thank Good you. Time, thanks, Paddy. See you shortly, boys. Big week ahead. Mm-hmm.